Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 17 of On the Flank. I am one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And uh, this is this is a big episode number 17. When it comes to analysis, we are on the flank. But guess what? We had a huge watch point preview with tons of new information. And Joe, we, we got the first week of games. We know who's playing each other on the first week. And my God, did they touch on almost every storyline. Um, just I'm sure a, it was intentional, yeah. Yeah, just brilliant scheduling by them because uh, I have a hype overdrive right now uh from this from this opening week schedule i cannot wait uh but we'll get uh, we'll get uh into that a little bit later alongside uh what else we got a bunch of topics jeff goodman had an interview with reinforce we'll be talking about that later um as we mentioned on our twitter account we will be ranking both of us will be ranking individually the expansion team branding uh one to eight uh, I know we've been given grades out when they come out, but now we give our official ranking on who did the best, who did the worst. Uh, and then we got two more uh, great teams for our season two preview. I'm super excited. Uh, but let's jump into the news to start off. One of the signings we missed with DC, we were kind of doing them live last week, was um, Addo, of course, the Shanghai Dragons uh, Korean player they picked up last season. He is the first former Shanghai Dragons player to join an Overwatch League team since being dropped. The the one and only, Addo. Um, and honestly, not surprised. I, if, if anyone, I would expect it, to, expect it to be Addo, and he's going to the Washington Justice. Um, this is We talked about uh, the other seven last week. What do you think about this last edition? Um, yeah, you know, it's... it's uh... You know, we talked about being a little bit underwhelmed with this uh, with this squad last week. You know, I think it's uh, nothing particularly stands out. You know, it'd be good, to, like you mentioned, to have um, that sort of you know brief chance at uh, redemption maybe here in the uh, in season two. But yeah, it's nothing uh, like super significant. I wouldn't think. Obviously, you know, have to see if uh, they can prove us wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um... He was he was one of the best Shanghai Dragons players, but it's one of the best Shanghai Dragons players. Um, so nothing too good to boast about there. Uh, the DC roster, uh, we'll save it for the preview, but a little bit of hint, hint I don't like it too much. Um, <laughs> on Watchpoint, uh, Watchpoint announced this for Soul that uh, Soul Dynasty had signed Fitz. Um, Watchpoint announced it for them because they were going through all the rosters on Watchpoint. Fitz was in it, and then after after that happened, uh, Soul announced Fitz uh, themselves. This is another DPS player um, who played on Going Water S and uh, GC Busan before that. Um, GC Busan Lucia, yes. Uh, before I don't think GC Busan is in Overwatch anymore. But um, maybe that's why he's no longer on that team. <laughs> oh, it's because they were in an open division. It was an open division GC Busan team. Uh, and then he went to Contenders Trials on Going Water S. So this is going to be a fairly unknown uh, player from Seoul Dynasty, it seems. Basically, he doesn't have too much experience, honestly. He just started 
uh, off in the pro scene on this GC Busan Open Division team, and then went to Contenders Trials with Going Going Water S, uh, and. He's a fairly unknown player. Uh, it hasn't really played too much in the professional scene on Liquipedia. It says he started last year or this past year, February 2018. Um, so this is, I mean, they've got this fairly unknown player. We don't know too much about him, so I'm not going to ask you what you think about him. But uh, this could be uh, could be another it's, unknown star, kind of. It's curious, yeah. For you know, it's not something that you would think that uh, Soul would go for. Yeah, exactly. You got tons of contenders talent out there, but they're like, they're just grabbing from the open division, saying, mm, this guy this guy has potential. I like I like signings like that. I like picking people up from the ladder, picking people up from open division and uh, because so, because Overwatch is such a team oriented game that uh, sometimes like you'll find some people with very high uh, skill levels in open division that are just surrounded by five other players that aren't as good as this specific player. Maybe Fitz is like that. Um, and he is a standout on his open division, our trials team. Uh, Soul comes in and says, Hey, if we have you around better players, your potential is insane. Um, so maybe it's a situation like that. Um, watch point. So I, I was super busy this past week. I was in sunny Los Angeles, California, as we know. Uh, that was when the last episode, I, I was actually recording from there. Um, and then I visited my friend in Chicago as well. I've been, God, I've been so busy, hard to keep up with the scene, but I dropped everything I was doing in Los Angeles on Wednesday to watch this Watchpoint preview. I, remember I watched like half of it while my friend was driving me around in the car. Um, definitely worth using my data, my data there. And then, uh, yeah, just sat down and watched the rest. It was two hours long. We got tons of information. Uh, everyone's favorite part is the opening week, but we'll, we'll get, we'll touch the, the, uh, other news first. Uh, an interesting one I want to point out first is two way players. We got some more rules on that. They cannot play on both teams in the same week. Um, so for example, who's one of the two way players fusions fusions for Boston and Toronto or Boston Academy now, um, he could or not Elk or Gator or yeah, people these, like that. these people cannot play on their Academy team in, uh, for contenders and then just move on and play overwatch league like two days later. Um, cannot do that in the same week. Uh, so you you gotta ch- you gotta choose one of the jerseys. You put it on. Uh, that's who you're playing for that week, basically. I mean, you're not personally choosing. Obviously, <laughs> the GM is choosing and the coaches are choosing. Um, besides that, uh, probably the biggest thing we all thought this was gonna happen. Uh, season three, Joe. We thought this was gonna happen in season three, but we're getting road games. Um, do you remember specifically? Because Nate came on a little bit later. Do you remember specifics? on what the road games were um going I, to pretend. I remember it wasn't much <laughs> I, you know it was it was a uh, sort of offhand mention at the very beginning of the broadcast and then yeah not very many details later um uh, i don't even think we know um uh, like which sorts of roads we're talking about but yeah um Maybe we'll we'll learn more about that this uh, upcoming week, maybe. Yeah, I think he said Wednesday we'll know the specifics this Wednesday. Um, But 
from what I caught, it seems like maybe one week, maybe the stage playoffs, maybe like one week per stage, they'll just head on the road, go somewhere else and not play in Los Angeles. Who knows? Um, but that's what, it, to me, it seemed like maybe one, one, one week per uh, stage they were going to like head on out to, um, I'm guess it's gotta, it can't just be random cities. It's gotta be one of the cities, um, in the overwatch league. Cause they want to gain hype in those cities. Um, yeah. but there hasn't been, I, I know that the, the Los Angeles Valiant have announced LA live as, which is right by the Staples center and the Microsoft theater as their home venue. Was there, I think there was like one or two more. Do you recall any other teams announcing like their home venue? Uh, I think Boston, I saw on Reddit, Boston was like doing focus groups for like trying to determine where it would be. Okay. Um, that's somebody, somebody on Reddit got like an email to be recruited for that. Hmm. Um, beyond that, nothing comes to mind. Hmm. There was one. Maybe it's, maybe I'm thinking of Vancouver because they're building somewhere. They're building an esports sort of focused arena. It might be Vancouver. I mean, there's some some teams are owned by sports teams, so you could easily just play where the Vancouver Canucks play because the Canucks own the um, the Titans. That's uh, true. And there are a bunch of other teams like that as well. So. Um, there are a bunch of options there. I imagine, I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. We'll find out this Wednesday. I'll, I'll stop guessing and we'll just find out later. Um, preseason, no preseason news. We found out there are going to be four games a day where there, there were three games a day last season. Yeah. Um, there are going to be four games per day instead. Um, which confused me at first because I knew all the games were like two hours last season. This season they're scheduled for an hour and a half, um, but I guess most games did go shorter than than they usually were scheduled to. Especially as the season went on, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it makes me wonder, you know, if they've just they're confident enough that they've gotten into a groove, <laughs> they don't need to they don't need the extra time buffer anymore. Yeah, so games are scheduled for an hour and a half, which seems more right to me. Um, I I barely I didn't know that because I barely watched the games live last season. I are towards the end of the season last season. I I was playing catch up most of the time, so I didn't know exactly how long they were because I was skipping and skipping around, skipping the commercials, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that confused me at at first. I was like, are they shortening? Are they shortening the games? Is this like best of three now or what's going on? And then like I, I realized no one, everyone else wasn't reacting to it. And I was like, this must, this must just be normal because no one's reacting to this. Um, so that makes sense. But uh, Joe, without further ado, let's dive into um, the schedule. Let's go day by day, uh, picking our favorite matches. Let's start with you. Day number one. Do you have the schedule in front of you so you can pick? I do. I do. Yes. Good. <laughs> Uh, start us off, Joe. What's your favorite match? We've got t- this is this is a hell of a day. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we got uh, day one, February fourteenth, opening day. Uh, you know, other than the preseason, which you don't know about, but um, yeah, I mean, the the really uh, the the only solid answer for me has to be this uh, 
very very first match 4 p.m pacific uh set up for the uh grand finals rematch you know, philly fusion london spitfire uh, you, you know what a way to kick off the season right going into uh just immediately uh right back you know where where we left it in august or july or whatever it was yeah that's a great choice i, I mean right when i saw that i was like obviously you gotta do this rematch uh for me I mean, I'm super pumped for that rematch. I don't think it's the most hyped game, much like the championship wasn't that too hype um, as far as competitiveness goes. Uh, I've, I've been talking about it. One of my favorite storylines, because I'm a Gladiators fan as well. Um, Gladiators Soul Dynasty with the Fissure departure over to Soul Dynasty. I mean, they they literally have just touched every storyline. I could go through all of these that championship rematch boston first new york rivalry the fissure leaving la gladiators and then it ends the day with um with hangzhou versus shanghai um to a chinese team getting its first win to finish off uh overwatch overwatch league day one in season two i'm super excited for all of these storylines but la gladiator soul dynasty has to be the one for me because honestly i i'm super hype about decay and roar la gladiators pickups um this offseason uh, who are definitely going to be starters for them uh and i'm super excited to see how they can compare and match up against fissure the uh best main tank of last season according to a lot of people who's now on the soul dynasty that is my favorite storyline this entire season uh but as well as day one day number two joe what do you like here uh yeah so let's see day two i'm flipping through this as we go um this one's a lot less story driven than the first day yeah it's definitely fair i mean um (laughs) you know people talking about uh the second match atlanta versus florida uh, just Defran versus McDonald's. Uh, I've heard that phrase a couple times. Um, Defran against his past. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, probably either either that match, um, you know, the de- with the debut of, um, you know, what could be argued as probably one of the most anticipated um, expansion players, um, yeah. individuals in season two. Um, uh, or I guess, yeah, no, we'll go with that for now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm excited. There's a lot of new teams on this day, Toronto, Atlanta, Guangzhou, and Chengdu all playing. And I totally could, I honestly think Atlanta will beat Florida. I could definitely see Toronto pulling off. I think Toronto is one of those sleeper teams, um, that could possibly come out of nowhere. I, I could see them beating Houston. But my favorite game this day is Dallas Field versus San Francisco, San Francisco Shock because these two teams are probably um, amongst fans being argued as the two teams out of the original 12 that have improved the most in the offseason. Um, both of them didn't make playoffs last year, and both of them are being projected by a lot of people to make playoffs this year because of their pickups. Um, so I'm looking forward to see which one of these two teams is better. I mean, Dallas, I think Dallas's best pickups were in their coaching staff, uh, but they got some great pickups. Yeah, they definitely got some great pickups in their players as well. Um, San Francisco Shock, probably their worst offseason change was um, 
not listening to me and deciding to <laughs> fully embrace gray as one of their colors. <laughs> it uh, looks so ugly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they have a good team. <laughs> so uh, day three, Joe, what do you think about day three? This is another, I, I love day three. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's there's two that jump out to me here. Uh, so I, I'll pick one, you pick the other maybe. But uh, I'll go with match one here on day three. Uh, we're looking at Paris versus London. Uh, you know, it's two very different philosophies, you know, team-building philosophies uh, that both teams have looked at. Uh, you, we have... The, the two EU teams, but only one is actually represented by European players. But so that'll that'll be cool. Um, not only to see how uh, uh, you know Paris can uh, stack up against the reigning champs, but also just in general this uh, this storyline about uh, EU and player nationality. I think that'll be super cool to see how that uh, unfolds. Yeah, I completely agree with you. That is a very very good match. We've been talking about that on the podcast as well. This matchup's going to be hyped up. I got to go with the other one that you were talking about, Shanghai versus Vancouver, which is essentially a contender season three Korea rematch, Runaway and Kung Du. Um, of course, you're missing two key players of that Kung Du roster on Shanghai, uh, but you got all a Runaway on Vancouver. Uh, essentially a nice little rematch. Uh, this That one's going to be an interesting one for sure. I'm super excited. That's going to be the first time Vancouver is in action as well. I'm very hyped up about that. Um, but besides that, on this day, we got NYXL absolutely stomping Washington Justin. Uh, Justice. <laughs> like Justin. Washington Justin. They should have a, a player named Justin on their team. Um, if I if I do get drafted by the Washington Justice, by the way, guys, I am officially going to make my in-game name Justin. The, that is the announcement. Um, and you got Hangzhou Spark uh, versus LA Valiant, which I think should also be a, a pretty good game. I think that's the first time Valiant's in action, yes. Who had a, They lost soon, but besides that, they got a pretty good team. Day four, the last day of this weekend. Uh, there's also some interesting matchups on this day. What's it, what are you looking forward to? Day four. Um... <laughs> Again, sort of the the joke response is the battle of the cable companies. <laughs> uh, do have Philly versus Atlanta on day four, but uh, I kind of wanted to see Out, uh, Outlaws shock this week, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe one of the uh, one of the closer ones would be uh, this last match of the day, looking at Seoul versus Dallas. Uh, just because you know Dallas will have played already uh, against San Francisco uh, that first week, but again we're looking at a really, uh, like you mentioned, really uh, improved roster, and just want to see exactly you know the direction they might take that. It'd be really interesting. Yeah, uh, that's definitely. I mean, that's definitely one of the best games they had that week one last year as well. Uh, one of the most historic rivals in Overwatch in general. Uh, the teams are very different now, however. Um, so it does feel kind of weird that they're still f- trying to force this rivalry to me, especially since both teams kind of sucked last year. Um, and now their rosters are completely different, and there's barely any envious or or um, got Lunatic High. Yeah. 
left in either of these teams at this point. Uh, you still got little sprinkles here and there, but um, not too much left. I, it's still a cool matchup. I'm looking forward to uh, if we're talking. I mean, I don't think there's any like storylines here, but if we're talking what I think is going to be the best match of this day, it's going to be Gladiators versus Shock. Uh, based off their talents, I think these two are two of the best in the Pacific. Um, I finally, like, watching um, this made me realize how much I think the Pacific has a very, very talented division compared to the Atlantic this year, um, which is a little bit scary. At least it's only the first place of each division that really gets any advantage. Uh, in as far as playoffs goes, uh, but stage playoffs as well. Now, um, I went I went through these and decided to um, sort of take a look at how they decided to schedule things because, of course, in the format post, they told us that teams will either play two games, one game, or zero games in a week, a complete bye week. Um, there, no one has a complete bye week in week one, which makes sense. I think when I scheduled it out before, only three of those weeks there will be bye weeks probably. So I'm guessing that's going to be week two, three, and four every stage. Uh, um, but I decided to go through. There are 12 teams, right? Is that right? 12 teams that are playing two games. That's Hangzhou, Shanghai, Houston, San Francisco, the Philadelphia Fusion, NYXL, London, Boston, the LA Gladiators, Dallas, Atlanta, and Seoul. Um, and then eight teams, Chengdu, Guangzhou, Washington, Vancouver, uh, Valiant, Paris, Toronto, Florida, that are playing uh, only one game. Uh, and they kind of scheduled it. I think everyone on day one is a team that plays two games, um, which makes sense. You give them day one, um, and then most of these teams don't play until day three or day four. They don't play. They they basically scheduled it so that no one is playing two days in a row. If you play on day two and you play two games that week, you for sure are playing on Sunday. Um, and that includes the Houston Outlaws, the Dallas Fuel, the San Francisco Shock, um, and the Atlanta Reign. Uh, and then on day three, you have a bunch of teams that are playing for the first time uh, in the entire week. Los Angeles Valiant, Washington Justice, Paris Eternal, uh, Vancouver Titans. Uh, so they sort of scheduled it where if you're playing two games in a week, uh, you're most likely going to play on day one because every si- every single team playing on day one plays two games. Uh, and then if you did play on day one, you aren't going to play again until either day three or day four in the week. Um, if you're only playing one game in a week, it looks like you are either going to be playing on day two or day three. I don't know how they're going to do this for the rest of the season, but this is how it is formatted for week one. Yeah, hopefully that's intentional. That that sounds uh, you know, helpful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, scheduling is hard. Oh my goodness. I tried to schedule for my fantasy football league once and it was hard. Um, I really got to give props and that my fantasy league only has 10 teams. Imagine doing it for like 20 teams or like the NFL with 32 teams. Uh, shouts, shouts out to the, uh, schedulers out there. They, 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 they're really the unsung heroes of the Overwatch league. Uh, Joe, you want to you you want to talk about these Winter Wonderland skins? I haven't seen half of these skins. I got to go on the Overwatch uh-huh. Twitter and look at these. Yeah, they've been doing. Uh, uh, so again, Winter Wonderland comes out tomorrow, probably tomorrow evening. 
uh, to go to the live server. Hopefully that means we'll get a PTR patch uh, coming with that as well as uh, moving from the PTR uh, to the live server when it's there. So that's uh, obviously this break sort of refocus. Uh, you know, Bash doesn't go through shields, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, but yes, as is sort of been typical um, with some of their recent holiday uh, holiday events uh, patches, they've been uh, previewing skins, uh, previewing the winter holiday skins uh, daily now. So I think we'll probably actually get another one today before the launch tomorrow. But um, yeah, so so far we've seen uh, snowboarder Zarya, Arctic Fox Lucio. Sugar Plum Fairy Mercy, Biathlon Widowmaker, Gift Wrap Bastion, and Figure Skater Symmetra. Um, and yeah. some of those are legendary, and some of those are epic. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so these are you all, looking through those? <laughs> yeah, I just looked through all of them. These are all great. They're all festive. I love, I, I mentioned it, love Winter Wonderland so much. Uh, Snowboarder and Biathlon Widowmaker, you got... You got some like winter Olympic theme. I feel like right there, some skiing, some snowboarding, but, uh, yeah, I really like sugar plum fairy mercy. Uh, that's, that's probably my favorite skin so far. Um, but I also love snowboarder Zarya because I play Zarya the most and Zarya started off with some terrible skins and she has continually got some amazing skins. I snowboard Zarya is one of my favorite. You got the little bear, you got the little bear hat. It's it's pretty cute. What's your favorite so far? Uh, that's a good question. I might have to go with uh, uh, maybe the Lucio skin uh, yeah, or Bastion, cool. just because it, it's a cool idea to have uh, the Bastion the Bastion skin that they have. But they, after the first couple of days, people were concerned that it might just be all, all furry skins, but <laughs> that didn't end up happening. So. <laughs> Really, really capitalizing on the furry market is what Blizzard's trying to do. Uh, Obviously, no other explanation. Yeah, no other, no other explanation. They they have figured out uh, their target market, and it is the furries. Uh, <laughs> topics. We got a lot of topics today. Uh, we will finish off with our season two preview, which we have, which started the last episode. Um, we previewed the Houston Outlaws, and um, who was the other team we previewed? Uh, Shanghai, I think. Shanghai, yes. Uh, so if you want to want to check those out, uh, go go on to episode sixteen. Uh, that's where we start our season two preview. We will touch on two more teams uh, here at the end of this episode. But let's start off. We've been given we've been given these teams grades, uh, these expansion teams grades on their new branding, their logos, their colors. Uh, we've been giving them A through Fs, but I think it's time to compare them uh, with each other and. Uh, Go one through eight. Give a ranking of our favorite expansion team branding. Uh, let's just go back and forth, starting with number eight. You started off, Joe. Who is your number eight? Mm, um, I, I think probably for the sake of colors, um, I would probably give eights to uh, Chengdu Hunters. Um, and again, you know, it's there's nothing, uh, really nothing bad that we saw from their branding announcement you know with the skins and stuff but to to go with the orange instead of the uh the yellow or the gold or whatever it is or to do orange and gold together is just that's 
that's not working for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my number eight is also the Chengdu Hunters. I know tons of people are f- big fans of them. I'm a huge fan of the Panda logo. I think it's awesome. But, um, I mean, if you just look at most of the team branding I'm looking at, because we're going – this the team branding we are going to see the most is what – is the Overwatch League production branding. So I'm mainly looking at what I saw on Watchpoint um, and seeing that just bright orange, ugly background with that panda is just hard to look at every time. Um, Because if you've got the panda on a white background, it looks awesome. The orange background, it doesn't look so good. And the orange, gold, and black, just not so good. I think their skins look fantastic. Um... I think their logo, branding, and colors not on their skins look terrible. So I'm giving them, I'm, I'm putting them number eight. Who's your number seven, Joe? Mm. It's, 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 a good, it's a good question because I think I've got two that are like tied for sixth almost. Um, and, and so, yeah, the, those two uh, would probably be Toronto. Uh, and actually, I think Vancouver, uh, mm. Vancouver Titans. It's um, you, you know we uh, we graded those uh, we graded Vancouver like last week or two weeks ago or something. Uh, but it, I think in the time since, I'm, I'm becoming a little bit less of a fan. Uh, I think particularly because of the colors, and you know we realized that that's uh, based on uh, more of the the Canucks uh, brand and. Uh, in that unity than it is the Overwatch team, but I, I think that's a little bit to its disservice. Uh, that it, I don't know, but it's it's one of those two. I think take my my six and seven, Toronto and Vancouver. Two at once, I like it, Joe. Um, my seven, and I, I'll do my six as well. Um, my seven is the Washington Justice. I've talked about my disdain for this logo. It does look better on that red background. Um, that is for sure. Uh, but I, I don't know. Their shield is confusing to me. I don't know what everything represents. I know there's a W in there. I don't know why all the what's going on in it. Um, and I, I really don't like the thin blue line they went with on a red background. It looks fantastic though. Um, to be honest, Chengdu Hunters is the only one I, I hate. Like I don't like. Washington just like number one through seven. I like all these. I'm just ranking them based off how much I like them. Um, So number six is Toronto Defiant uh, as well for me. Um, I mean, just nothing too special about this one. You know, if I look at this watch point preview and I see Toronto versus uh, outlaws right now on this graphic and I block out the tiny sliver of red to the left of their, their little square here, I can, I can see Toronto as a black and white team and I, that is so cool to me. <laughs> um, but black, uh, we'll have to do it black, red, and white. Uh, just overall, their logo, it's its just nothing too special for me. They've, I've got nothing too much to complain about it, but uh, they're, they're my number six. Uh, number five? Uh, for me, yeah. Uh, the n- number five, then, is where we bring in, uh, bring in Washington. Uh, I think it's definitely fair to say they are they are a bottom half uh branding team uh but, but uh it, whether or not you know you think they they should have gotten more creative with their uh with their colors or something 
uh, like I mentioned the week that we uh, reviewed them, you know, they, they definitely achieved what everyone expected them to achieve. Uh, and, you, you know, I think that that's worth something for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm all for the red blue. I don't mind it too much, but uh, now we get to, so I'm on my number five. Honestly, we get to now, it's very hard for me because I very much like all of these. Um, seven, seven and six. I was like, I like them. I don't hate them. Now we get to one through five. All of them I enjoy thoroughly. Uh, and I'm gonna have to go with Guangzhou Charge first on number five. Um, in the color in the episode, I think I said their colors are like I like their colors, but it's they could have been more creative with it than just going with one color and then a lighter version of that color, basically. Um, I do like how they also have like the neon, it doesn't show up in the watch point graphics, but they have like a little bit of a neon going on, um, alongside these other two colors, these other two bluish colors. Um, but yeah, I like their GZ. I mean, it's nice and simple. It's not going to win them the top four, but, uh, I like it. I like Guangzhou charges stuff. Um, but it, it doesn't deserve to be in the, in my top four of expansion teams here. What do, what do you got? Um, four. We get to our top four half, our our top half. Yeah, number four. Uh, number four. I'm putting Hangzhou, uh, Hangzhou Spark, uh, again with the pink and blue. Uh, it, it, I think some of that is uh, just personal preference, uh, you know, but whatever. But uh, uh, I don't know. It's not not just much to say. I think I think this was more of a personal choice than anything. Yeah, I, I'm also going Hangzhou number four. I know everyone um, on Watchpoint that mentioned Hangzhou might have the best branding just because of the pink and blue. But in my opinion, colors, I mean, we talked about it. Colors are just one of the three many things in your branding. And their colors are fantastic. I agree with everybody on it. Um, their nickname's pretty cool, but their logo's fine. So they're only at number four for me. Um I think there are three teams that three expansion teams that do a little bit better than Hangzhou did, especially logo wise. Their logos cool, but I mean, a very specific reference that um, only some people get. So you definitely need to go a little bit more wide range with your logo right there. Uh, Number three, we get to our top three, Joe, what do you have? Number three for me is Guangzhou, Uh, Guangzhou charge. Uh, I think again, that's mostly actually to do with um, the colors of the team and the skins that they've um, sh- showed us so far, uh, with sort of the dark blue and the aqua blue. Uh, that I hope, uh, actually, I haven't looked. Maybe maybe these expansion skins are already on PTR or something. But uh, but but I hope the rest of the the skins for the rest of the cast look as good um, as the ones we've seen. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. I just I just really like the colors uh, for Guangzhou here at number three. All right, my number three. This this is where it gets even harder. I, they did. I gotta give. I gotta give these expansion teams some credit. They did. They did a great job. Um, nicknames aside, some adjective nicknames. I mean, they did a great job. Um, and that's speaking of adjective nicknames. That's a kind of a nice little segue into my number three, Paris Eternal, who have a fantastic logo one of the best color schemes in the league but their adjective nickname has has led them to only number three they had such potential for a number one spot in this expansion branding list um but yeah i love their colors uh, a lot i talked about it very european soccer-esque their entire brand 
colors European soccer-esque, their logo European soccer-esque, their nickname definitely not, but uh, fantastic colors. I, they're probably going to change this because I know um, they did change sort of the graphic design throughout the uh, season last year. I'm talking specifically Overwatch League's production crew changed the graphic design. I, I definitely think they're going to end up changing that red logo on a blue background because it's very hard to look at. Um, hopefully they don't go with the yellow background. Maybe they change the logo to a different color instead of red or something like that because it is super hard to look at on the graphics. But besides that, I super, I, I love those three colors. They just, it's just about figuring out how to pair those colors exactly. But Paris is my number three. Uh, number two, Joe. Uh, yeah, so now we are up to number two. And so uh, that's where I'm going to put Paris also. Uh, you know, I think for similar reasons you talked about, there's, uh, uh, this is, I think, out of, out of all of them, this is the one that's probably grown on me the most, uh, just because you know the, the rooster. I think threw everybody off uh, originally, but yeah, it, it's it's making more and more sense, and it's it's. I think they're going to be able to pull this off um, pretty nicely. Oh yeah, I think this is when it comes down to it. It's one of the best logos in the league, uh, the most unique colors in the league, and um, Paris is they they did a great job. Uh, I think they I think they captured their 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 country and city the most out of almost any of these teams. So, uh, good job, Paris. Uh, my number two. This is very hard. I've I flip flopped on this a lot, but my number two, someone that you had very far down, Joe, the Vancouver Titans. Um, I know you're not as big of a fan of the blue and green. I love the blue and green. Uh, I love their logo. Uh, and I love their branding overall because it's nice, it's simple, uh, and they just went with a nice little Yeti mascot. Uh, I like the Vancouver Titans branding a lot. Um, I don't think we got I, – I really wanted more green in the league. We've got Valiant with their green and ugly yellow. we got Houston Allos with their neon green. Um, and this is the third team to utilize green. Uh, and I think they – I think they do utilize it the best. Um, I, I like I like the green and blue. Uh, number one, Joe. We're already at number one. Yeah, I mean, it's only eight teams, you know. I think we have the same. If we could deduce, uh, I think we I have think the so, same I think team. so. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've, been, I've been keeping track as we go. Um, yeah, so number one then comes out to be Atlanta Rain. Um, you, you know, they didn't they didn't try to do anything crazy with colors. Um, uh, you know, just red and black, and you know, a little bit of gray, probably some white. Uh, they didn't try to do anything crazy with the name necessarily. Uh, you know, we, we talked about oh, it is, uh, it's, it's sort of uh, insubstantial. But you know, what what teams aren't at this point? Uh, and the Phoenix is just cool. It, it's sort of like Paris in that it's a, uh, it, it's nice at any size. You know, whether that's going to be, um, you know, like a, a full team icon or just like a little patch on on a skin. Uh, that it's uh, it just makes sense you know yeah um and i mentioned it like the little crest or little outline for the phoenix is very uh resembles the in-game sort of crest around your character in overwatch um so that reminds me a lot of that honestly they they just went above and beyond with this logo this is one of my favorite logos in the league i love it so much the phoenix is so cool um 
that's got it's reaching for the crown too. I, I just everything about this logo. Um, and even when we had Miriam on, if you haven't listened to that interview yet, Miriam, the art major who graded these, she totally agreed to. This is just just a fantastic logo. Uh, and I definitely can't complain about the colors. I I think they did red and I mean they didn't do black. They're officially red and charcoal gray and light gray. Um, but I think they did it a lot better than than Toronto did. Um, so I think I love their colors in Atlanta rain. Not a bad nickname at all. Um, I, I was flip flopping between Vancouver and Atlanta a lot. And I think I'm just, I'm sticking with Atlanta now. Uh, I, I don't think too many people are talking about Atlanta's branding or Atlanta in general too. I think it's a pretty, uh, underrated branding, honestly. Uh, maybe it's cause their team as well. Uh, but <laughs> Atlanta uh, takes, I mean, it's a clear number one. Me and Joe had some differences throughout our top eight, but it's a clear number one. Atlanta rain takes it. All right. Um, we move on to our next topic. Jeff Goodman. I mean, to continue, to continue on this creator series sort of, sort of thing that, oh, that the, that Blizzard has been having at the Overwatch uh, at Blizzard headquarters in the Overwatch section, they've they've had this nice little streamer room. Uh, this time, Reinforce came down, uh, and they had Jeff Goodman talk to him. Two big names, um, and and they talked uh, a lot about a bunch of different topics. Uh, he admitted Brig was probably too strong at launch. Um, very true, honestly. Brig probably the strongest character at launch of the hero out of anybody. I. I because she was immediately picked in Overwatch League. That's how you know. Like <laughs> all true. these, other, all these other heroes take like three months. Like Ana took three months. Ana was overpowered at launch, but it still took her like three months for people to understand how to play her. It took people like a week to understand how to play Brig and realize how overpowered she was. Um, insane. Uh, Diva, hi. Yeah. So th- I've heard this before. Um, talking about D.Va, the, the developers do say there's a high pick rate, but they almost always say that there are no changes planned. What do you think about that? Like she is, she is consistently throughout the game, throughout the entire entirety of this game, been one of the highest pick rates in all competitive formats, Overwatch League before Overwatch League. Why, why do you think they're not planning any changes to her? Yeah, it's it's sort of weird. I think because I think Diva is a pretty uh, pretty unique case um, because yeah, she has a high pick rate, but it's not um, like Brig was because there's like a super uh, a super overpowered uh, utility that she has necessarily. I mean, you know, we could talk about DM, but uh, but you know, it takes it t- it takes uh, skill to be able to manage that. You know, unlike um, some people might argue shield bash, um, and she doesn't have a pick rate or a, a very high pick rate because, um, you know, as a character, she's overpowered necessarily. You, you know, we see her, uh, lots of different team compositions, but it's never, uh, it never really feels oppressive to play against a good diva, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, unless you're, unless you're, you know, like Zarya trying to throw graphs or something, but, um, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, it, it's weird. I think uh, again because you don't get very many complaints, uh, and 
sense she, and she fits into several different team compositions because uh, you know the way that you fix one character getting picked a lot is either uh, trying to reduce that pick rate or try to increase pick rates of other heroes um, and, and so I think that some of their efforts to do the latter have just resulted in um, the you know diva being used uh, in other ways for other things um, I, I think her case is similar to Mercy's a little bit in, in just that uh, in order to change what people like about D.Va and, and change the reason that people use D.Va would also involve like a, pr a pretty, uh, pre pre pretty significant rework of like the way that she plays, which is, you know, something they're probably trying to avoid if they can. Yeah, I, I agree with you. D.Va, I think that the, the type of player diva annoys the most uh, are the players that want to play hit scan DPS, specifically Soldier and McCree. Diva just gets up into their face and annoys the living heck out of them. I mean, they they pretty much are very underpowered now because Diva exists. Uh, besides that, like Zarya, of course, Diva can eat Zarya grabs, but Zarya still counters Diva because. Uh, her beam goes right through the defense matrix, so that's an interesting matchup. But I don't know. Diva does definitely still take some. I mean, she's she's hard to play. It's all about positioning. If you get out of position, um, you're just dead. You easily get just just six hundred to zero um, out of your mech if you're too far out of position. It's all about positioning. Um, aiming with her is not that hard. Like shooting people is not that hard. Defense matrix. It's all about um, knowing when other players have their ultimates, it's all about game sense. Uh, so Diva's a hard character to play. I don't think she's too much of a, I don't know. She's not too much of a problem, maybe a little bit of a nerf just so she doesn't get picked as much so that in certain situations, like she's just, it's rare that, that someone's like Diva's not strong in this situation. She's like, I don't think she's weak in any situation really. She's, She's a good pick in any situation. I think she needs to be weak in some situations. I think that's the one thing. Uh, and then and then in those situations, you'll get McCree players and Soldier players back on. They'll, they'll have a situation where they're, they're stronger. Um, so, yeah, I don't think Diva a big, huge nerf is necessary for Diva. She just needs a little bit. A little bit of tuning, a little, maybe just a tiny nerf, just so that some situations she's not the best pick. Um, it's just it's hard not to pick a diva because she's just always a good pick. Uh, so they talked a little bit about this. Nate, Mr. Nate Nancer, the commissioner, talked a little bit about this on Watchpoint, but um, syncing live patches with the Overwatch League, which is something uh, people have talked about for a while. Uh, while this is, <laughs> while Nate's explaining this, the ch the Twitch chat was going off, uh, basically putting question marks and saying that he was avoiding the question. Um, I don't think he was avoiding the question at all. I think he completely answered the question. <laughs> um, they're going to start trying to sync live patches with Owl, um, which is fantastic because it was, I mean, that was a big issue last year, right, Joe? Like every, there there would be a new patch and then we'd get like three weeks of Overwatch League on an old patch and everyone would complain because they're like, I just want to see like, Who's strong on the new patch? I want to learn how to play the new patch, but I have to sit here and watch people playing characters that used to be good. 
um, <laughs> and all this stuff, especially in situations where, I mean, the brig, the first brig patch was what they played on in stage four, and she was insanely overpowered in that patch. Um, so she was almost a must pick. Uh, and everyone in the normal game was sitting there where she wasn't necessarily a must pick watching Brig be picked in almost every match. Uh, do, do you, I mean, how do you see this working out, Joe? Do you think they, they're going to be able to, I mean, it, they keep saying they're going to try. Um, do, do, do you think this is going to work out? I mean, you know, if they really want to do it, they can do it. I mean, that's, I, I don't think, uh, I mean, as far as I know, not being a game developer, that doesn't seem like uh, something that's you know out of the question. If they decide that's something they want to do, um, but but yeah, as far as you know, do I think it should happen? Absolutely, yeah, I think that would be helpful, um, not only for uh, spectators, but even for the players to an extent. You know that when they're uh, um, you, you know when they're playing ranked or when they're trying to do stuff on on live at home they don't uh have to make that distinction all the time yeah um hopefully they i mean it would be great if they could sync those patches up uh that would be fantastic and i'm sure nate uh i think the situation is nate really wants them to do it but uh jeff goodman and jeff kaplan are kind of just like yeah we can try we don't want to like promise it you know like (laughs) They don't want to like, what if they make a huge mistake and then they like have to, I think the reason they're saying they're going to try is because, and they don't want to promise anything is because what if they make a big mistake in a patch that comes out um, the week before the Overwatch League starts and then they can't fix it until the games have already started. Um, And I'm not talking like a bug. I'm not talking a quick bug fix or anything. I'm talking like stat wise like what if they make doomfist too overpowered or something like that and they need to change it as soon as they can um i mean they can't just make promises like that i think that's the situation uh but hopefully they could try their best to sync it with uh the overwatch league uh, that would be fantastic because i do like seeing it on the newest patch possible i it, we talked about this on the show once uh they rarely are playing on the live patch like it's Barely ever. Um, what else? Uh, the only thing... I mean, they're playing around with more prototypes of alts uh, that are weaker but charge faster. So a lot like Pulse Bomb, uh, Tracer's Ultimate. I, I like those type of ultimates because even... He, Siegel really likes those type of ultimates too. He likes <laughs> low-impact ultimates. Um, and I totally agree with that. I, I, I also like low-impact ultimates. I... It's cool. Overwatch is a game of ultimate management almost. Um, I think it would be cool to see that not be the case all the time. Um, So I definitely like those types of ultimates. Uh, Anything else that stood out to you in this interview before we move on to the Season 2 preview teams? Um, Yeah, they were. I guess uh, he and Reinforce were throwing around a couple uh, uh, hero design comments. a couple that stood out at least were uh, apparently Jeff mentioned that they had um, at one time they had a hero that did uh, they, they did damage as a percent of the opponent's health uh, rather than a straight number Ooh. which uh, which sounded interesting uh, the the reddit person uh, looking at who who made their summary 
said they will still likely do that at some point. I don't know if that came out of the interview itself or out of uh, uh, this this person's analysis, but uh, it's it's interesting, uh, interesting idea for sure. Um, you know, maybe as a as a potential counter to you know tanks, essentially. Uh, they're also going to fix the weird uh, bubble graphics uh, when they start flashing red and blue and all that. Uh, they, they're aware of that and they're working on a, a fix for that here pretty soon. And then, yeah, same thing that hopefully uh, hopefully sometime this week we'll be getting a PTR patch. I would assume probably tomorrow evening um, or Wednesday at the latest uh, when uh, Winter Wonderland launches. Sounds fantastic to me. Uh, I love I love how they're doing these interviews almost like every week or every other week with these content creators. It's fantastic. Keep them coming, Blizzard. I, I like staying updated uh, with what the developers are doing. Season 2 preview. If you don't know how we're doing this, we're doing two teams every week until, uh, until the season starts. And then on our last week, we are basically predicting the entire season. We're predicting... This, the final standings uh, and who we think is going to win it all. Last week, we did Houston and Shanghai. We're doing one from Atlantic, one from Pacific every week, and we take that team. We give them an off-season grade based off the moves they made. We give them a couple standout players each that we think they're going to have this season, their most anticipated matchups, um, and then we compare what their result is going to be to their season one result, better, uh, worse, or about equal. Uh, this week we get we get one of the expansion teams, so we don't even get to do that really. Um, but it's true. We'll start off with the Atlantic. This isn't an expansion team. This is your defending champion, London Spitfire. Uh, so Joe, if you take, we start off with their off-season grade, their changes. If you take a look at their changes, they uh, traded closer to Dallas Fuel, so they no longer have closer at support. Um. And then they acquired Guard, a flex player from Element Mystic, a Korea uh, Korean Contenders team, of course. And they added a support to replace Closer in Krillin. Uh, he played for Crusher Gaming in Korea. So not too many moves. And why would you make too many moves when you have a championship roster? Uh, what do you What do you think about their offseason? Yeah, I think that's exactly the logic they're working with here. Uh, you know, it, it, it makes total sense. You know, you've got uh, this, this core of... Um, six, you know, now champion level players, um, brought up to eight with some contenders additions, and you, you know, you know that they're, uh, that they had a, essentially their pick, <laughs> I'm sure, uh, of who who they wanted to try to fill out uh, this roster that they're building. But yeah, you're right, not very many changes, uh, but not very many, uh, if that's not what you need, you know. And, and I think London was definitely. Uh, left in a really good place after season one. Uh, so the interesting thing will be how they developed now in uh, in the off season um, compared to lots of the other teams that were uh, uh, put in work to get to be growing uh, uh, more obviously. Yeah. Uh, than you know just individual practice and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it's London's definitely an interesting case because they started off the season very well. Uh, middle of the season, very bumpy, and then end of season, fantastic again. But we're talking end end of season. We're talking not. We're talking like game two against uh, the Los Angeles 
gladiators in the playoffs. Uh, they start looking like they did at the beginning of the season again. Uh, so I love this roster. It obviously has the potential to be the best in the league because they were the best in the league in, in, in the end of everything. Uh, they only lose closer. Uh, they add guard and Krillin. And I mean, closer was playing a lot less than us anyway. So this isn't, this isn't even a big, this doesn't affect their starting lineup whatsoever. Their starting lineup's fantastic. Um, I mean, I can't give them anything else besides an A in the off season. They did. They had a championship roster. They added to nice talent and only dropped somebody who didn't really affect their team that much, uh, in closer. So I'll give him an A. I, I did cut you off before you gave a grade, didn't I? Oh no, it's uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I would have to agree. You know, there's not tons uh, of more improvement we could have expected from them, really. Uh, the, the, yeah, I think A definitely makes sense. Uh, the question will be once they start playing, uh, do they do they show us that they deserve it? But yeah, that's I'd give my A first uh, from what we know now. Yeah, uh, as far as uh, standout players, uh, I guess I'll start. I think Bedosian, I think he was one of their standout players last year, but I, I think he was honestly Jonak-style Zenyatta play that just he just wasn't as good as Jonak, so people didn't recognize him as much, but I think he was super important to the London roster. So I'm going to give Bedosian one of the standout players uh, that it's hard not to give it to Profit after his MVP performance in the championship yeah. game. For me, it's hard uh, hard to look at this roster and pick out any specific uh, any specific players really. But uh, and I think actually for that reason, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight uh, you, you know players to watch. I am gonna highlight uh, Krillin and Guard, uh, players that we haven't seen uh, playing for London or in the Overwatch League at all so far. Uh, the, the, I really want to watch, uh, especially here in the early season, how they're. Uh, how they're finding their place um, again in this this all-star roster uh, this champion roster you know to uh, to keep uh, developing that hopefully because you know they've they've got to have aspirations for season two as well <laughs> yeah um, as far as anticipated matchups go Philly Fusion has got to be up there uh, who they play immediately uh, rematch of the grand finals uh, and I'll go with another, I'll just get, throw a second one in there. NYXL, I think these are the two best Atlantic teams, NYXL and London. Uh, they had a huge rivalry last year. I think they have won once again. Um, NYXL, London, two of the, two of the best teams in the league and two, I think the two best teams in the Atlantic. So, uh, nice little rivalry going there. What, any other anticipated matchups you got? I think there's an I mean, obvious one. Yeah, I was gonna say the other obvious one. Uh, looking at London and Paris, uh, you know, we'll see them play in. Uh, I think we said like day three or something of of the first week uh, to to see exactly where those two teams will stack up. Uh, beyond that, uh, you know, the the fissure gesture stuff is basically old news now. But you know, uh, London and Seoul, uh, who were uh, you know relatively dominant early. In, um, stage one, you know, we see them playing again. That'll be cool to watch also. Or early yeah. in season one, I should say. Yeah. Um, London, I mean, lots of chips, a big chip on their shoulder. They're the, they're the defending champions, and now we have to compare them to season one. You can't really do better, can you? I guess maybe a be- having a better record. I mean, you can do better because you won the championship, but you had a pretty terrible stage 
two, three, four compared to every everything else, you know? So you definitely can do better if you're the London Spitfire, um, which is basically win the championship but have a better record than the previous season. Do you think they do better, though? What do you, what do you got, Joe? Uh, you know, I think it's certainly possible. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, some of these changes they made in the offseason, um, most of them probably for us are, uh, you know, invisible, that they're not not to do with personnel. And so uh, it's just a question of adaptation, I think, uh, going into season two, uh, how they're able to, uh, uh, to to maintain what they, they finished season one with. You know, they've got uh, everything to lose here um, and not much to gain, but, you know, we, we want to, uh, their goal is definitely to maintain. Yeah. Um, I think they do worse just because I don't think they're going to win this year. Um, I think they got a great team. I think they're still playoff bound, obviously, like maybe even win the Atlantic division. But um, I think there's just too much other talent, too many teams trying to improve. I, I don't think we get a repeat, repeat champion, especially in a league that's so highly contested. Um, and you had so many teams that possibly could have won that championship last year. I just don't see London repeating. Uh, so and that would be boring anyway. That would definitely be boring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you gotta hate. Either way, though, I don't think London's gonna just sweep their way through again if they do win. So I think it should still be entertaining. I was just talking about this with a buddy. Um, while the NFL has the New England Patriots, if you haven't heard about the New England Patriots, that is a dominant franchise that is almost always in the Super Bowl. The NFL is still super entertaining because I think every year there are teams that can beat the Patriots. Um, so it, it does. I don't think it will matter if London repeats because I think Overwatch League is very similar. I don't think that it's obvious that they're going to repeat. Um, and I think whoever plays them in the championship, if they do repeat, will give them a very uh, good match. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. So um, I think I love Overwatch League and NFL for those reasons. It's a fairly high, highly contested league. There's no obvious winner in the end. Um, we, we talk about our first expansion team here now, the Vancouver Titans. They're very hyped up, probably the most hyped up expansion team because they got the runaway roster. Um, Off-season grade, Joe, of course, for the expansion teams, they it's hard. We, I guess, I'm guessing we're not going to grade them on their improvement because before they had nobody on their team, and now they have a lot of people. So everyone should obviously get an A for that. It's an infinite score. But I'm guessing the grade should be based off of how skilled these players are. Um uh, in comparison, mainly not only to the other expansion teams, but to everyone else in the Overwatch League, they picked up almost all of Runaway. Uh, what, do, what do you think about this roster, Joe? I mean, you know, there's, there's not much better they could have done. Uh, and, and even if you put aside uh, individual player skill, I mean, uh, to, to pick up uh, the team as a unit is super, uh, super helpful. And to pick up. Uh, Particularly this team, um, you, you know, huge fan base, huge uh, following, not only in Korea, you know, but uh, all the way around the world. Um, to to just lift this team, you know, straight add it to your organization. I think that's uh, it was a really good move. Uh, it's definitely gonna uh, gonna pay off. I think uh, to a certain extent, even well, I don't know. I was gonna say even if they do poorly, but. <laughs> That would be interesting. If Vancouver goes like you know zero and five in the first three weeks, 
That's just scary. to see what happened, but who knows? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grade. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, give him an A, I guess. <laughs> uh, I have to agree. This is, I mean, Runaway was the roster you wanted to pick up if you were an expansion team, and Vancouver was the one that got him. Uh, you can't do much better than the Korean champions from the previous season, and that was Runaway. Uh, there's just not that much better talent, and they're the only expansion team to pick up an, a roster in its entirety as well, um, which is fantastic for them. I think just going in with that, uh, already you already got synergy. Of course, you're on a bigger stage now, but you already got that synergy there uh, with these players who have been together for a while. Uh, so I can't give them anything but an A. Uh, but I will mention that uh, I definitely I would not be surprised if Vancouver is not the best expansion team by the end of the year. Uh, I do think these other teams have some great talent as well. Uh, Vancouver definitely got the biggest names, but um, Runaway in season two of Contenders they didn't perform that well, and they've been they've been known to have some pretty poor performances and not not really staying consistent. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they if if some other teams, expansion teams specifically, uh, had better rosters than Vancouver in the end. Uh, but you, you just can't get better than these players um, if you're Vancouver. Uh, picking these are this is what everybody wanted, obviously an A. Uh, standout players for you, Joe. Again, I think you know this is this is really hard to. Uh... To, to try to see exactly uh, to, to, to try to pick anybody individually out, out of this roster and I, I, I think pro- it really is a true team yeah I think I'm probably not going to try to honestly but I mean you know we'll look at uh, individual player storylines from this season talking about um, you know bumper and roar when we see uh, Vancouver play uh, LA gliders I think that's gonna be cool to, to cool to watch you know really good Um new main tanks uh for both teams uh you, you know s- stuff like that is a, a lot more easy to to follow um you will see eventually uh who reg playing his old london team that'll be kind of cool yeah um i definitely like god these are some at uh, bumpers great i i'm gonna just point out haxel because he's been on runaway for a very very long time um, and I think he's a very skilled DPS, and I'm excited to see him in the big leagues. Uh, just uh, Haxel is one of my most hyped-up players here on this Vancouver roster. Uh, when you mentioned Gladiators, God, I, I'm even more hyped up for Season 2 because I just realized that most of these teams are only going to play each other once, uh, which is so cool to me. Um, or, well, yeah, I was going to say per stage, but no, like at all. Yeah. <laughs> Like, at all. Huh. They're only going to be playing each other once. Last year, everyone played each other, like, either four or three times. And I think Monty was talking about this on a podcast once. That's just not hype. <laughs> because once you get to, like, the fourth matchup, you're like, okay, we already know what's going to happen. Like, we've seen this before. Um, and the first, I mean, I think that was one of the problems. The first matchup between these teams is so interesting because you're like, oh, who's going to be better this year? Like, uh, these, these specific storylines, but like, once we get to the fourth time, the LA gladiators faced the London Spitfire. It was like, okay, we get it. Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. We get, this was his old team. He's in revenge. We understand. Like it's, it's cool, 
But I, I really like just getting that one matchup. I think we since uh, Houston and Dallas are in opposite division, we might only get, I think we will only get one Dallas versus Houston matchup the entire season. Like, that's that's pretty cool. If Like, the, the other thing about that is if Dallas loses that game, there's no chance for redemption. Like, Houston won that rivalry this year. Um, it all comes down to one game, and that's that's pretty cool to me. I, that was a random rant I just had that had nothing to do with the <laughs> Vancouver Titans. Wow. It works. It works. Speaking of matchups, though, who's who are your most anticipated matchups for the Titans? Uh, yeah, so I already sort of answered that, but yeah, probably uh, Vancouver-London, or no, sorry, Vancouver-Gladiators, uh, definitely. Um, and, you know, London to a certain extent with that other... Uh, the storyline but yeah yeah um another kung du matchup uh because obviously we got kung du players on gladiators but we have a we have four kung du players on shanghai shanghai yeah so vancouver versus shanghai that's happening in the first week that's a nice little season three contenders rematch i think everyone's looking forward to that one um the other canada team toronto vancouver toronto uh battle for canada that's gonna be a fun one too uh that's a nice little storyline uh, besides that, I yeah, I, maybe Hangzhou um, trying to <laughs> trying to defeat the team that stole their blue their blue and pink color scheme. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, those are my. I mean, Vancouver's got a lot of anticipated matchups for an expansion team. Honestly, when it comes to like Guangzhou and Hangzhou, I don't know who I'm going to anticipate as much as uh, Vancouver's got some good ones. Um, so for the compared to season one segment. Uh, we can't just can't can't do it (laughs) we just can't do it necessarily um but uh, we could give a nice little prediction on like what place we think they're gonna make maybe um possibly like give me like give me a range give me like 13th to 15th give me a range of like two like two separate from each other i'll start by the way i'll give you an example i'll i think vancouver is gonna get I think they're going to make like the uh, wild card playoff thing where I think it's the top, t- the seventh or 12 teams makes it, make it. I think they're going to be in that range. I think somewhere from eight to 10 um, is what I'm going to go on Vancouver, eight to 10. Yeah, I, I can see one of two things happening with, with this team is that either uh, they come into season two and they absolutely hit a wall. And, and there's just something that they're missing uh, from from contenders to 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 T1 to Overwatch League, uh, or yeah, that, that they they come in and they can have decent success. Um, yeah, I think I would agree that I wouldn't put them, uh, you know, at least again preseason takes, but uh, I wouldn't put them in. Uh, very high in that that top half um yeah that it would it would be down somewhere um yeah yeah i probably agree somewhere like 8 to 12 ish i mean i mean they're probably uh considering considering the players rosters you know they're uh, definitely one of the better of the expansion teams um so yeah they've they deserve at least that much yeah Vancouver, for Vancouver, their ceiling, I think, is honestly winning the whole thing. I think their floor is – I don't think their floor is too low Very either. low, yeah. I think if the, if they're going to be under expectations, it's going to be 
like 12th at the worst. Like I, I don't think I don't think they're down there with with some of the bad teams and bad rosters I see in the league. So um, yeah, I, I like Vancouver this this season. I don't think they're going to like pass with shining stars. Uh, but I think they'll they'll be middle of the pack and have a chance to make playoffs uh, through the wild card, uh, and that's just because we've got a whole plethora of season one talent. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for our two teams this week. Uh, we'll be back with another two teams next week, uh, and we we're getting closer and closer to the start with every two teams we preview. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Episode number 17. It was a, it was a great episode, lots of news, and hopefully we get that full schedule this week, Joe, uh, social media. If you want to follow us on our personal Twitter accounts, mine is at JW George IV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I N C. Uh, the show has a Twitter. It's at on the flank show. We also have an email on the flank show at gmail.com. You can either tweet at us or email us any topic you would like us to talk about, um, you are listening to this in, in one way, but if you do want to listen to it in a different way, we are also on, on at on the flank dot com. Uh, if you want to listen to us at Podbean, we're on my personal YouTube account, um, which is pretty much just titled John George. Uh, but you can find that easily on my personal Twitter account. We are on iTunes and Apple podcasts. If you own an iPhone or an Apple device, uh, We are on Spotify and Google Play for you Android users. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll check you guys out next week.